0: welcome to the solid verbal the solid verbal come after me i'm a man i'm 40 i've heard so many players say well i want to be happy you want to be happy for a day eat a steak it's that woo woo
1: and now dan and ty welcome back to the solid verbal boys and girls my name is ty Hildenbrandt. joining me as always way over there still in sunny southern california The one, the only, my good friend, Dan Rubenstein. Sir, how you doing? I'm good. I just had my throat
0: coat tea tied. So if I sound extra dynamic and robust and full of life and vigor for a late June, early July college football podcast, that is why.
1: Interesting. So you're doping essentially is what you're telling me.
0: I am. I actually considered pairing it with either a short twenty to thirty minute nap or a shower, but I didn't want to overwhelm people's car speakers or AirPods or computer speakers with that much energy. So I am here. I am excited to talk about news. I'm excited to play round two of your RPG, a role playing game. To be clear, it's not a a, a weapon, a rocket propelled weapon. No, no. Uh, I. I could not be happier because last year's edition, paired with perhaps your your stab at creating a virtual Mari Kondo overhaul of <laughs> sparking joy, those were two of my favorite off-season shows last year. So always excited for a good sequel.
1: We will get into that and much, much more and walk everyone through the paces of what exactly our college football role-playing game 2.0, I might yes. add, or... Version 2020, whatever you want to call it, we'll go through what all that entails. Before we go any further, please do subscribe to the show out on Spotify, out on Apple, out on Google. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. That stuff really, truly does help, especially as we now make that final turn into home, hopefully coming up with the season. We'll talk about that momentarily. Baseball analogy. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, follow along on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And if you haven't already, if you really like the show and you want to talk to other Verballers, it is solidverbal.reddit.com. That's the subreddit where the conversation continues long after the final bell, Dan.
0: Yeah, I I, I couldn't add anything to that i guess i actually could because we're going to start doing some stuff video wise that you can look for on youtube if you haven't subscribed to our youtube channel yet search solid verbal on youtube and just just politely tap that subscribe button with the little bell thing that they gave you because we're going to be making things for there starting probably as soon as you listen to this episode so yeah i would i would recommend you do
1: that on some of the gaming youtube channels that i've watched yeah They've got a guy who's like way over the top yelling, smash the like button. So do we have to start doing something like that?
0: Yeah, don't slap butts. Slap subscribe buttons.
1: We have breaking news. Boop, 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 boop. So I don't know how breaking this is. It's the off season. But as you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now, Dan. Yes. Shortly before we hit the record button, um, our friend Dennis Dodd over at CBS Sports posted a link to his article, Coronavirus in College Football, Hospitalizations, Deaths Projected by Data Analysts if FBS Plays in 2020. So a lot to unpack just in that title. He, of course, is saying if... If college football plays, if FBS plays in 2020, he is talking to a gentleman by the name of Dr. Sheldon Jacobson. He is a noted University of Illinois computer science professor, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: he expects 30 to 50 percent being the infection rate of the approximately 13,000 players competing in FBS this season. Based on his research, he's also projecting uh, a handful of fatalities. Among those players due to COVID-19, you know, I don't know if these numbers are are shocking in the sense that they're unexpected, but it is shocking to kind of see such specificity around what we might be talking about, what the scale of this problem could look like at the major college level. Again, just a simulation and obviously it could play out a lot differently in reality, but. I think those are startling signals and certainly something that I'm hoping the powers that be are considering before they make their decisions for how to proceed.
0: I suppose so. I think you use the word handful, and I don't know if that's the word I would use. I mean, it was what, three to seven was his initial three to seven players who could. And obviously one is too many. But yeah, with reports like these... I think every school is in earnest and in good faith operating with the idea that somebody could die, and that is what they absolutely must do everything possible in their power to prevent. I don't I don't think schools are looking at this in terms of like, well, we're lo- we're we're okay with losing one or two. I think that's insane to think. Sure. So I think reports like this are just they're looking at numbers, they're looking at the data, and they're looking at trends, obviously the the mean age, or I think it's the median age, excuse me, of people infected with some symptomatic, some asymptomatic, and I'm sure we'll get to, to Clemson and the update there. Uh, it's coming down. Younger people and younger people are coming down with this in symptomatic ways. And it's, we don't need to tell you as two dum-dums not trained in virology and epidemiology that these are scary times. And even if young people aren't as affected and aren't dying and aren't hospitalized at the same rate... It's increasing. It's yep. not getting better. We don't want and so we don't want people I, to get sick. You don't want people to get sick. And I think anytime somebody puts the situation into very clear and stark numbers with data, I think it's a good thing. I think everybody should be scared into doing everything they can to take care of players. And I think players should be scared into taking every precaution. The, the worrisome thing is, and I'm sure anybody who sort of vaguely follows sports news, is there are certain leagues that are trying to construct bubbles of professional athletes to limit interactions with the outside world. And we're not seeing that in the sport we cover because it seems like it's kind of an optically impossible idea where right, we're right. saying these are our students they're no different than other students so they're going to be going to class and they're going to be mingling with other students but at the same time they are they are revenue generating so it's hard to put players in a bubble as if they're professional revenue drivers and also call them students and, so, in college football it's
1: tricky co- it's very tricky college football has a number of other variables that the pro sports leagues don't have to contend totally. with not the least of which is there are far more teams on the FBS level and we're at a situation now, I think it was Dennis Dodd who wrote uh, an article where he was talking about the challenges around establishing just a common testing protocol across the board that the power five may have one view of it. The group of five may have another. So again, it's still just early July, the first of July, but the season's getting awfully big in the window And we got to try and figure out a path forward here if this is going to happen at all. So to that point, Dan, more Clemson players have tested positive. They announced on Friday that 14 football players tested positive for the coronavirus over the past week. That brings the total number of cases on the team over the past month to 37. That is roughly one third of the roster. I would also add that across the country. Over at Arizona, we saw news uh, yesterday, the day before, that the athletics department was pausing its so-called re-entry plan due to surging cases in Arizona, in the Tucson, and and Pima County area. So look, this is a story we're going to have to continue covering yep, as of we course. move forward. Uh, I saw the Ivy League is considering moving their season to the spring. They're looking at what it might entail if they push off their season to the latter part of september and play a seven game conference only schedule or maybe they would do the same thing just in april start late april go through may again a seven game conference only schedule all sorts of creativity out there around how can we get a season in this academic calendar and um I I haven't heard much at this point being pulled off the table. I think there are still a lot of options that are up for deliberation. Totally. And and
0: of course, the Ivy League and smaller schools to obviously varying extents depend on TV and football revenue less than major universities with smaller athletic departments smaller coaching salaries, smaller stadiums. So it's all relative, and I know that a, a number of FCS schools, you know, pour a lot of resources into football, so they do need those scheduled games and those paydays with Power 5 schools, be it, uh, you know, the, the superpowers in the SEC playing Southern Conference teams or whatever. It's, it, it becomes very tricky when you take away the non-conference element of, of team schedules, though the Ivy League certainly. No shortage of cash, if you look at some of the their coffers. So uh, it'd be interesting that we would have football in the spring, but not have it be whatever it was, the XFL or what was the one before the XFL? The AAF? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but rather Brown versus Princeton or Dartmouth versus Cornell. So that's, you know, we'll start talking, I guess, Nelly's in the spring. Fine by me. Um, and we, I actually, this is sort of a, a sneak preview of a talking point I want to get to in the RPG portion of this episode. But... Yeah, we're seeing junior colleges, we're seeing high schools, we're seeing smaller divisions think about creative ways to push their season back for for both health and sensical purposes. I don't know. It's, I think it's going to become a lot more
1: commonplace than we think in late June. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. The only other tidbit I have here is, and it's totally different, completely separate subject, thankfully. Yeah. Under Armour... Made some news. They are terminating their agreements with both UCLA and Cal. I have some quotes here from the article on ESPN. Under Armour has recently made the difficult decision to discontinue our partnership with UCLA as we have been paying for marketing benefits that we have not received for an extended period of time, the company said in a statement Saturday. The agreement allows us to terminate such an event, and we are exercising that right. This is a big deal. $280 million uh, went into effect in May of 2016. It was the largest college apparel deal as of September of last year, according to Forbes. A 15-year agreement. So this is a big deal. UCLA is going to fight it. It was a much smaller figure. On the Cal side, something for like ten years, eighty-six million dollars. No, no small dollar amount, mind you. But both of those schools are going to fight it because, um, you know, it's a big payday. Perhaps they're missing out on, of course, and uh, <laughs> they want to try and get whatever they can out of this agreement, not have to scramble for um, a new apparel company.
0: I liked UCLA's statement on the matter of saying that they still remain committed to outfitting UCLA athletes in apparel and footwear and everything like that. They remain committed to cashing checks and getting (laughs) free gear. They remain committed to it. Honestly, did you, I don't know how deeply into the story you looked. Do you know what Under Armour's stock price for whatever that's worth to you has done since a lot of these, it was, I think the mid 2010, so 2015, 2016. A lot of these deals were signed. I know they signed the Wisconsin deal around then. Uh, Northwestern, Notre Dame signed it a little later, I believe. Right, that was a couple, two, three years ago. Now, yeah, yeah. the Notre Dame deal. Well, the stock price of Under Armour has gone from around forty to around eight dollars in in that time, as of you know this week. So, yeah, it's. I've always imagine that you really need to have a lot on hand and build up your brand to be able to pay major schools what they're worth on TV and i think that's what they might be alluding to in terms of marketing that ucla isn't the superpower on national tv that under armour thought they might be to expose under armour and their logo to the world i feel like we could have told them that yeah I feel yeah. like we could have told them that before they invested damn near 300 million dollars 5 years ago but Yeah, rough times for Under Armour means they're trying to get back some cash as quickly as possible.
1: All right. We will be back in two days and talk through some other news, but let's get to the show this evening. You've seen the title by now. Mm -hmm. We did a show like this, a 1.0 version last year in 2019. We'll link up to that in the show notes. As I said the last time we tried the concept, when this show was bequeathed to us by the late, great Gertrude S. Verbal, (laughs) the attention was always that it would remain theater of the mind. Yeah, of course. And so that's what we did. We created a story arc for you. Uh, I think it was as a successful athletic director. You were soured by a bad experience at San Diego State. I want to say, if memory serves.
0: It really hurt to
1: leave. And yada, yada, yada. You stole Howard's Rock and eventually ended up going to jail. It was a a very sad story, but a fun one to tell. Howard's Rock belongs back on the West Coast, where it was stolen from. I stand by everything. There was a lot more to it. You can go back and listen. Again, I'll put that link out there. Mm -hmm. This year, though, you're aspiring for something more, Dan. Mm -hmm. Something more. Something optimistic. Something optimistic upbeat in this time of just general weirdness this is the galaxy brain version of that 1.0 episode <laughs> from last year this is the 2020 the 2.0 version i have again constructed an arc for you and i can begin that whenever you are ready
0: i am ready let's do this i have stretch i put on my gaming gloves ty oh I you did a seat on the virtual beanbag in the virtual living room and uh, i have a 32 ounce mountain dew and a good amount of salsa verde doritos let's roll
1: daniel amid widespread unrest stemming from the pandemic as well as economic and geopolitical forces the ncaa has collapsed under its own weight mark emmert that dude's out of here His replacement is Oliver Luck, and he has signaled he's in it for a new era of college athletics. He's going to rebuild the NCAA from the ground up, and each sport now has its own commissioner who could run things as he or she sees fit. In a stunning turn, (laughs) Oliver Luck has passed over our friend Andy Staples. Oh, I was just on his show. That's so sad. He has elected you. Dan Rubenstein as the czar of college football, and he wants three immediate changes on his desk by this Monday morning. No pressure. (laughs) Czar of college football. What are the first three proposals that you're going to put on Supreme Leader Lux's desk?
0: Well, before I even get into that, I want to say I hope when you are in post, you can figure out some way of if you play any number of NES RPGs, you'll know that when you stumble upon like the kind shopkeeper and the the text (laughs) window comes up that there's not because I think the audio quality was so bad. Why It's 8-bit audio. The audio is so bad that you would have to read it while he, seeing the shopkeeper who's trying to sell you a sword or a potion or a shield or whatever, and hearing. So I hope you can add some sort of effect in post. I'm assigning you. Um, I'll see what I can. Do. Okay. Yes. So what what is my plan? What are the first three things I'm doing as the new college football czar? So a, a centralized power. Uh, is what I have. The become. president of college football, essentially. Yeah. So I am sort of going to steal and adjust Bill Connolly's commissioner of college football platform to my own thoughts. Okay. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to form an updated student athlete rule book. Okay? okay. So that is more specifically defining amateurism, and that that's going to include the uh, the name, image, likeness, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say there there's no. There's no limits here. You want to wear a team polo shirt in your car commercial? Go for it. Do it. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm outlining healthcare. I'm outlining scholarship guarantees. And I'm outlining one time transfers. That's in the handbook, that's in the specific rule book for players. Um, so more healthcare extended beyond their time at the school. Uh, I'm guaranteeing the scholarships, uh, especially for players who are injured, that if you're injured playing football the first week you're at Arkansas State or whatever, boom, you have four years to graduate. You're good. My second bigger picture idea, Ty, scheduling pods. This one I'm ripping Ooh. off directly from Bill this C, is, ESPN's BLC.
1: Biel. This is a stolen idea.
0: This is a total stolen idea, but I love it. And you know what, Ty? Life and success in business is not about creating things from scratch, just like an offense or defensive coordinator. They're not creating every play. They're tweaking existing plays. They're stealing from each other. They're acknowledging good ideas don't only originate from their own brains. So what? So I'm taking Bill
1: C's pod idea. You want me to what, explain it? Yeah. Give me, the, give me the abridged version here. What's a scheduling pod? How does that work?
0: Okay, so you you group teams together largely in groups of three maintaining traditional rivalries within the co- existing conferences as they exist today. So as an example, in the SEC, Alabama would play – well, I guess it would be three other teams. So they would play Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee every year. The rest of their SEC schedule just pops back and forth every year. So the rest of the season you play half of the other teams uh, – half of the remaining teams excuse me and then the season after that you play the other half of the remaining teams so everybody plays each other at least every other season if not every year to maintain natural rivalries how does it work for a team like a Notre Dame doesn't matter
1: doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. Notre Dame is banned under my... Okay. No, I don't know how. We're, Notre Dame becomes part of the ACC or something like that. And they maintain rivalries with USC and Michigan or something. Um, so maybe they have a slightly bigger pod. So that's that's number two, that we have more consistent scheduling. Because I don't remember when was the last time I saw... What was it this past year? There was, I think A&M and Georgia hadn't played since... A M joined the SEC yeah. took until 2019. No. Come on. We wanna and the the great thing about pods too is when you play more teams more often in these bigger conferences, and it feels like conferences are only going to get bigger, that you give sort of breathing room for new rivalries to form because you get this experience of, oh, perhaps like South Carolina and LSU become Bitter, bitter rivals because their game goes to triple overtime and it ends in a Hail Mary, and then the next time they play, something else crazy happens. And then you're you're creating lore that wouldn't necessarily be there otherwise. I love that. Okay. You good with that? Does that make a little bit of sense to you? Or are you gonna wait till the end to poke holes as a, an idea goalie?
1: No, I, I like the I like the scheduling pods idea. I've always been a a fan of that, and I think student athlete handbook is something that we've discussed, maybe not specifically. You know, with, with regard to Bill's idea, but it is something those topics have been near and dear to our hearts here. So I don't think I have a fundamental problem with either of those. Anytime you start talking about shifting up scheduling and how that's affected by conference alignment and whatnot, that that gets right. murky. But again, you're in charge now. You can kind of I rebuild know. this in your image. So, um, again, theater of the mind. Let's, let's just go to all the weird places. Well, you're and,
0: still the dungeon master. So this is true. You, you control the the common sense elements of these. Sure. Uh, number 3. NCAA Football 2021. Okay, let's I'm, talk. I'm, You're speaking my language here. I'm I'm organizing a, a a situation in which players can receive money from the game, schools can receive whatever licensing money they want. I'm I'm you know, we're we're collectively coming together and working out the business part of this, but here is my specific wrinkle. Are you ready? I'm ready. The game's going to cost $100 a copy. Okay. Does that stop anybody (laughs) who truly, truly misses this game and wants at least a new version of the game so they can keep updating the rosters year over year? It's not going to stop anybody,
1: right? No. No. $100 as opposed to $60. They charge, I know with the soccer game and I believe with Madden as well, you can buy an ultimate version that may actually cost $100 right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's an ultimate version of the game and $20. So they're used to getting $60 a copy. $20 of every game goes to a player pool, right? So we're, we're getting money to anybody, any player who plays for a team that appears in the game, FBS, FCS, whatever. That's $20 of every copy goes into a pool that pays them out. And then the other $20 from this leftover 40 goes to non-football sports funding. Because okay. that's something that is, is a big issue now that teams, schools are having to cut non-football sports, non-revenue sports because they don't know where the money is going to come from because they're anticipating budget shortfalls. So we're going to help fund via the NCAA football game, which I think the, the demand and desire has reached probably critical mass at this point, that I think it's going to do well. I think it's going to do well, and to donate $20, 20% of every copy to non-revenue sports is EA Sports investing
1: in colleges and college athletics, which I think is positive. I just did some back of the napkin math here. and Hit me. If you take NCAA 14 as an example, and that's probably a bad example. It's an old example, mm-hmm. because if you brought the game back in 2021, you'd sell more than A million copies, let's be honest. Sure. Let's use a million copies as an example. And Mm -hmm. if we harken back to our news bulletin from a few minutes ago, 13,000 players in FBS, if you assume that that $20 gets thrown into a pool, let's assume it's $20 a copy, a million copies, it's $20 million divided by 13,000 means that each player gets around 15, 1600 bucks. Pretty good. I think kids would be totally cool with that pretty good for doing nothing
0: but being good enough to make either an excellent okay or not that good football team
1: i think that's okay okay i think that would work so you know i'm in favor of anything that's going to bring the game back sure you you know i'm in favor of that i i do think though the part that you're overlooking oh kind czar Is (laughs) that that mechanism, that organization around how do the players actually get money from this? Is there a a player union? Is it something that you're going to set up out of the goodness of your heart that will be like an office of player relations, something of that ilk? That's the part that's missing. That's the conduit to getting these guys the money that they deserve.
0: It's not a full union. It's part of the NCAA is uh, an advocacy program. It's part of the the name image likeness element of things. But it's uh, I suppose it's not collective bargaining, but it's somebody running this. I guess it shouldn't be part of the NCAA. I am going to partner with a third party that is going to who does it for the NFL
1: partner with those guys.
0: You're right. It's the NFLPA partners with a company, uh, a licensing company. So I'm going to do that for college football. I'm going to implore whoever it does for whoever does it for the NFL to create a college wing.
1: And they're they're trying to work on something like that now, actually. Yes, in, in reality. They are. So yeah. All right. Uh, I like the ideas. The good news here. So does Supreme Leader Luck? He loves them.
0: <laughs> even. I don't like that
1: title. He even he wants to talk to you about some multi-level marketing stuff that he's got going, too. And he got the time. I'm sure he does. Yeah. But you're great for this job. The problem is the pandemic has hit college football in a big way and right where it hurts, in the pocketbook. There's a real worry here that some programs aren't going to be able to make it. They're not going to be able to take the financial hit from bad attendance, uh, from the cost of preventing the coronavirus, of monitoring it, of treating it. And just in general, the possibility of fewer games. That's a big deal. What is your plan for keeping as many programs as possible afloat, but yet still keeping the season as interesting as possible?
0: Glad you asked, Ty. Yeah. Glad you asked. Okay, so I'm going to attach this from, I'm going to attack it from both a safety and financial perspective, okay? Okay. Okay. I looked up recent Olympic games. Now, we mentioned the bubble idea that I think some professional sports leagues are attempting. So the NBA is going to the Orlando Disney wide world of sports complex and staying in a bunch of luxurious hotels. There are far more people involved in major college football than there are involved in the NBA. So I looked at recent Olympic villages, Ty. Olympic villages can house between fifteen to 20,000 people when fully operational. Now, there is kind of a roadblock there, as we know. Well, there's a couple roadblocks. One, they're not active anymore, no. right? No. They're very temporary spaces. But with enough lead-up time and motivation, I think we can get them up and running once again. Because the land is there. They're generally in bigger cities. But we have to consider... Probably many things, but in, in as far as my brain can work, two major things. It's got to be in a place that hasn't hit been hit hard in a public health way by the the coronavirus, the novel coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Also, time zone wise, I don't think we can go to Pyongyang, Ty. No, I don't think we can go to Sochi. I don't think no. we can go to. I don't think we can even go to London or Tokyo. Tokyo was supposed to house the twenty twenty Olympic Games. So I was looking at recent olympic games and i i wanted to be able to take those things into consideration ty we're taking college football to vancouver, vancouver. british columbia ty i thought you were gonna we're say take... salt lake city no, no 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 this country is not doing super well right now ty <laughs> okay it's not i would i would like to keep it out especially the american southwest and west coast as we record this in late june and this is not a laughing matter i want to be very clear if i'm taking a bubble element of a college football season seriously in this make-believe world, I kind of have to base a little bit of it in reality. And the reality is Canada's okay. Canada's all right right now. You take it up to Vancouver. They have multiple stadiums. It's not a war zone, so it's relatively safe public health-wise and otherwise. Um, So, you know, you don't want to necessarily go to places that have built up, facilities in the middle east because they're supposed to house a world cup i don't want it i don't want any part of that okay okay so there are facilities with the olympic village and with stadiums there's where well, you have the bc lions or a cfl team you got the canucks there's an mls team there there are stadiums or stadia, I forget what it is, the plural. There are there are stadiums that can be rotated. There aren't going to be that many fans, if any, at all. So I'm not really that concerned about a small MLS stadium, you know, housing Alabama LSU or something like
1: that. You weren't like kidding that. when you said some of your ideas tonight were going to be out there, were you?
0: <laughs> so we have multiple stadiums. Okay. No real time zone issues, right, Ty? It's Pacific time. Pacific time. So it's not terrible. We can all get used to, you know, early kickoffs, whatever. So we have no real time zone issues. I still want them to be getting an education. These players, Wi Fi is great in Vancouver. <laughs> wi Fi is. Do you fantastic. know that for sure? Did you look that up? I did look it up. There's free public Wi Fi, okay. and obviously, it's it's an advanced first world city. The, the Wi Fi is very very good. Okay, I've been to Vancouver a couple of times. The food is sensational. Time. But if you're in a bubble, you can't go out. I'm not. I'm. It can be catered, Ty. Catered? You can bring food in. Bring yes, food absolutely. In. Okay. okay. Strong international community in Vancouver, BC. Okay. Um. And you got good healthcare in Canada, Ty. All right. We've okay. got good healthcare in Vancouver. In terms of our limited options, Vancouver is where I'm creating the bubble. Now, what is in it for Vancouver? free pub the solid verbals coming along for the ride
1: (laughs) we're coming we're going to vancouver baby
0: i don't know what's in it for vancouver but that's the best i can do right now um now you're asking about how do we get teams programs people working really hard in college football how do we get them paid because they're going to take a hit financially with you know nobody in crowds and we'll see how tv responds to to things if there's a limited schedule if it's conference games only there's just the pot's smaller ty I hear you in game fan purchases. You okay. can send in tips after great plays
1: to the team. And this, now you what, convi- this is like what Woody Harrelson did in the Hunger Games where he was able to send like the the medication to Jennifer Lawrence.
0: Didn't watch that movie. I'm okay. taking your word for it. Never didn't mind. watch the Hunger Games, but mm. big fan of J-Law. Ty? Sure. Ty? No, no, nothing against her. Um, you send it in game purchases. You see that in your your mobile gaming you can you can buy a sword or you can buy health or whatever. In-game pur- purchases, the tips go to sports and healthcare, okay? They go to the teams, they go to healthcare and everything that that is needed and essential employees, not the coaches that are, you know, sort of low on the totem pole. Totem pole, British Columbia reference. Don't know if you caught that one or if it just zoomed no, over your head.
1: It zoomed over my head, sorry.
0: Okay. Also, we're partnering with Cameo. Are you
1: familiar with I'm Cameo? I'm familiar with Cameo, yeah. Have I sent you a Cameo tie? You did send me a cameo of Dean Blandino a couple months back. (laughs) So just telling you to keep your head up. Yeah, I did. No, it was good, and it was great. He was. Have we talked about that on the show before? No, I sent you a
0: Dean Blandino cameo. It was one in a million. Yeah, you were working very hard. You still are. Yep. Secret day job with solid verbal players keep half of their cameo revenue. So Cameo is a service that on your phone or on your computer, not a sponsor, but it's just become popular and part of the lexicon. Could be a sponsor. Uh, we've been asked to be cameo people, and I don't think we've accepted. I hope not we well, uh, yet. Haven't. Um, players can record videos and send well wishes to fans. Happy birthday, Steve! Uh, Brian Kelly sends a cameo. Uh, happy birthday, Mama H! Or congratulations on all seventeen of your grandchildren, Mom. And you know stuff like that. Players keep half. Half goes to non-revenue sports.
1: All right. Is that it? It's
0: no, no, no. That's two. Oh, that's okay. number three. Number three is by my big money maker tie.
1: This is the galaxy brain idea of the galaxy brain game. I mentioned pods, okay,
0: not for tie pod, scheduling, scheduling purposes. Pods. Scheduling pods for uh, the purposes as college footballs are for scheduling. I am talking now about literal pods, boosters pay premium donations to get to watch the game in an enclosed glass pod atop, <laughs> atop TV-style camera cherry pickers lining the field in Vancouver. Oh, man. And those those cherry picker pods ceremonially escort them in and out of the stadium. And wow. If, what do boosters love more than credit and attention
1: and special perks? I think that's well, it. I think that's why they're boosters to begin with.
0: They get escorted in cherry pickers inside luxurious glass pods. They're watching it above the sideline, above the sideline. And we're, we're talking about million dollar donations. Can plus. you can you hook one of those up
1: to a spider cam? You want them above the field? I'm just wondering if it's, po- I don't know if it's physically possible. I don't know how strong those cables no. are, but it's an That's, option.
0: I have to draw a line somewhere. And no, <laughs> basis This okay. in reality at some point. So that's my third idea to generate millions. Literal right. enclosed glass pods. I'm disappointed what are your thoughts.
1: I'm disappointed you didn't mention real-time scheduling. Because real-time scheduling has very quickly become my my new favorite concept about what could happen. Oh, so fall. everybody's
0: in the same place and just like schedule whoever because we're all in Vancouver anyway.
1: Well, I mean, in your example, I guess that would be true, but right. I'm talking like here in the real world where we've got like Ohio state, maybe their upcoming opponent has come down with a COVID outbreak mm-hmm. and they've suddenly got two open slots on the schedule and maybe Clemson's in a similar boat. Cause their whole team got it back in the beginning of August. Right. Not and a joking matter, not a joking matter might happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they just decide, you know what? We're not going to have a regular postseason this year anyway. So, why don't we just play each other on September 25th? That would be damn cool. That would be damn cool. It would,
0: but you're you're still talking about travel unless we're in a bubble situation like I've outlined.
1: Unless we're in a bubble situation. But I think the first thing that you got to do is throw out all the old rules and just kind of assume that this season is going to be a one-off. Let's see what we can cobble together. Let's do real-time scheduling. Let's find some way to expand rosters. Well, I don't know. I would... with the real-time scheduling, the flex scheduling, I would say you
0: create a new show and charge ad revenue whatever, create, you know, strike a deal with Fox or ESPN or whoever. Every week there's a lottery show that decides
1: who is going to play who. Like who's it's like when you show up at the at the court, like your neighborhood mm-hmm. basketball court and like yes. You just get to pick from the available parties as to who's going to be on your team in this sense who's going to be on your schedule. That's not bad. That's not bad.
0: I'll take it a step further with your analogy. The coaches have to shoot three pointers. The first two <laughs> pair off, the next two pair off, and so forth.
1: I don't know, all right. Well, these are good.
0: These are That's good. That's pretty good, Ty. These I are gave good. I
1: it little, little minutes of thoughts. Little out there, but I like it. Well, so here, here's my question. How
0: much of everything that we're talking about, because you mentioned COVID-19 in this one, are we basing everything in a mirrored modern, modern reality? Or we or we this is just a are we assuming some degree of normalcy if you don't mention it otherwise?
1: Well, would you like to get to the next question? I think that'd be great. Daniel. Your proposals have ushered in an era of optimism in college yes. football. And there's already bits of talk that maybe you should take over for Mr. Luck. Even oh. some chatter that you should run for public office and you know, you've been adamant politics isn't your thing, but you're keeping an eye on those Q ratings, aren't you? Always, always. Things are going well. So now you've got the leeway to work on a passion project. Mm. The Pac-12, Dan. Let me kill the music here. We're going to get serious. No, you've long felt that the Pac-12 is a broken conference. It's got a bad vision for the future. So you want to take it under your wing. You want to level the playing field. You want to turn the Pac-12 into the SEC Wild West. What do you do? What's your plan?
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to base this slightly in reality because there are just better high school football players in the South and there are more resources and there are probably always going to be more resources because football is culturally just miles ahead as a a cultural touch point, touchstone in the South than it is on the West Coast. But I'm going to do everything I can nonetheless. So... First point, the conference will strongly, strongly suggest to programs that they hire head coaches currently coaching west of the Rockies, either promoted from within, so there's momentum, continuity, familiarity, connection. We've seen that work at places that have succeeded in the Pac-12 with Oregon most recently, Mario Cristobal promoted within, Chip Kelly promoted within, Mike Blotty not promoted within but West Coast roots or those coaches that are to be hired as head coaches have roots in states west of the Rockies. The disaster situation with a promising coach is what happened with Mel Tucker where yes the money is just going to be better in the Big Ten but if a coach were from a region west of the Rockies, perhaps the pull to stay because of family, because you know his wife is from there, his kids you know feel comfortable on the West Coast, his parents, his in-laws, whatever, they're from the West Coast. I think that's key. Mel Tucker from the Midwest, coached in college in the Midwest, coached in the pros in the Midwest, coached in college in the South. First opportunity he got after one year back to the Midwest. Roots are important, Ty. That's number one. Does that make sense?
1: Sure. No, absolutely.
0: Get on CBS or NBC. So, the CBS deal with the SEC is quickly coming up, and ESPN is going to take it over. It's the worst kept secret in college football media. Get on network TV. I I think you have to find a solution to the Pac-12 network. A lot of really good people there, but I would say the conference owning its network, given the conference's place in the sports pecking order, not amazing. Not an amazing what result are, thus far. Get what, on network TV. What
1: are your thoughts around Tom Hammond as part of this? Well, well obviously, I, I would assume <laughs> as much. But what are your thoughts around, you know, I remember when the PAC 12 deal came up last time that there were mm-hmm. places like Google, maybe even Amazon bidding on it. Do you think that's. I think, Got any kind of potential?
0: No. Um, I thought that for a long time. I think it's an interesting option. Because they would pay a lot of money. College football is an older sport, Ty. We are mere babies in the grand scheme of things. I'm going to say your parents, my parents, everybody's listening's parents are probably going to be more inclined to find a game on CBS or NBC. Do you have fun? Talking to your older relatives about how to use an Apple TV or a Roku? Do you have fun doing it all the time? Let's make it easy for fans of an older sport. How about that?
1: Sure. Okay.
0: All right. And my final point, Ty, I'm going to overhaul what quote unquote academics means if players have a limited time to pursue quote unquote school. Okay. So I need to make my member institutions attractive to people all over the country because the local talent, while pretty good, can't really compete with the Midwest or the South. So we need to bring people to Arizona State. It's warm. It's great. We need to bring people to Cal. Good academics, expensive place to live. We need to bring people to L.A., to Washington State, to Seattle, whatever, that are probably hundreds if not thousands of miles away. And so we need to make this an experience. So we are selling parents on the fact that we are creating new academic tracks that I think they need to lean into existing interests. I think they need to still offer variety and breadth. You still need to have a a certain degree of academia, academia, whatever involved. But I want to involve travel. I want more hands-on learning. I want more input from former players as to to what resonated with them, I want more professional training. I want more internships. How about micro classes, Ty? How about five week classes? So you're getting a little of everything. You're getting a sort of a brain buffet. and I want I want again, more experiences over sitting and learning European history. If okay. European history is something you dig, we can work that out for you. right. But I want the college experience to sort of, Fill up your brain for something beyond football in a fun way. How about that? Some West other I-
1: some other ideas here. Low-hanging fruit that I think you missed. Okay. I think, you know, um, California is obviously pursuing this image and likeness legislation as Florida has mm-hmm. already. I'm not right. sure which one came first or which one came second, but they're both going to be doing it very shortly. And by the time you get to this passion project... You know, that will be a thing. I think you could probably lure some top athletic talent from out of the South if you can prove that your conference has some tried and true way of connecting up potential sponsors with athletes. Now, I know the way that the bill is drawn up (sighs) is such that it kind of takes that out of the hands of the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Right. But there are probably some creative solutions that can get you around that to provide that pipeline where players can go and earn a buck might be intriguing to lure some of that talent from the South out West. That's the first thing that comes to mind.
0: Where's every major Hollywood agency and tech company based? What state?
1: California. I think
0: it's California. Not all, I guess they're, you know, if you want to, you want to bumble sponsorship, you got You might have to go to Austin or something, but there's a lot in California in terms of platforms. I agree.
1: So I just think that's something that um, could be harvested and used to your benefit. The other thing, I don't know if you mentioned this, but low-hanging fruit, we got to start games at 10 a.m. local time, more games at 10 a.m. local time so that it's more appealing to the East Coast audience. Maybe that goes hand-in-hand with your migration over to America's most-watched network, CBS, but um, I just think the time zone thing really, really factors in for a lot of folks.
0: I'm going to slap you back with a little bit of reality hand here, Ty. You're not from the West Coast. I am not. You have not spent a lot of time on the West Coast. No. Something that I think, I think, people perhaps in the Midwest or the Northeast may not recognize. Things are far apart on the West Coast. Geography is violent. Right. Freeways are long. So if we're talking about a 10 a.m. local kick... You're essentially eliminating tailgating from pretty much anyone not already living in the radius of that college town. People from Portland take, what, anywhere from an hour 45, two and a half, three hours to get to Eugene on game day. That's, I'm just speaking from specific experience. You know about traffic in LA. Now, I don't think traffic is terrible in Salt Lake City. Perhaps I'm wrong. I'm just guessing. I don't think traffic is perhaps terrible in, in and around Boulder, but things are still far apart. It takes time to get to these places. So you're saying tailgating is amazing for everybody except on the West Coast. Except for <laughs> the guys, West Coast. You guys have to change your ways for me in Brooklyn, for you in Allentown, and for Chip Patterson in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's what I mean, you're I saying. get it,
1: but what are your intentions here? Are you trying to cater to the tailgating crowd or are you trying to make the Pac-12 into something more than what it already is? I don't
0: think the the problem with the Pac-12 is not that the games are starting at a weird time. That's not the entire problem. The problem is the product itself. If we had all sorts of mid-aughts USC, Chip Kelly era Oregon, uh, early David Shaw, Jim Harbaugh Stanford, if we had interesting teams you know like the the Rudy Carpenter Sam Kellen, Keller fun ASU throwing teams if we had up and down interesting teams with good coaches playing top 15 matchups every week I don't think it matters what times the, what time the game starts if those games have national implications
1: alright shall we move on Dan okay so I guess I win that round well we're not doing an argument <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> this is not an argument. We're not like doing the Judge Wapner
1: thing that we did that I got nailed for on social media. We're not doing that. I know. Okay. Fair enough. I'm just giving you things to think about here. And I haven't okay. found anything yet that really jumps out at me as needing a good needling. Okay. But we'll get
0: there. But I answered that. I will also say move USC to San Diego. <laughs> it's all the good of California. Beaches, food, weather, far fewer distractions. San Diego is low-key very boring. It doesn't have the stigma of LA in terms of home prices and sitting in traffic and the glitz and glamour. San Diego's just chill. It's by the water. You can eat great San food. San Diego State might have a problem with that. And I don't care. And we'll <laughs> get to San Diego State. And you're going to attract probably better coaching candidates to San Diego than you are LA. It's not it's not the overwhelming big city sitting on the 10, sitting on the 110 whatever to get to USC. It's going to be a lot more picturesque. And I love L.A. It's my favorite city in the universe. But I could understand why L.A. is not the best college town
1: to recruit I don't know. coaches and players. San to. Diego State might have an issue with that. But
0: it doesn't matter. San Diego State will learn to love it.
1: Moving on. One night you are awoken by an ominous knock at your door. You throw on your embroidered czar of college football robe. You warily answer it. Outside, it's a nondescript man wearing a trench coat, a cigarette in one hand, a manila envelope in the other. It's real this time, Danny, he says, tossing the envelope at your feet and walking away blowing smoke rings into the night. Inside, you are stunned to see the schematics directly from the Power Five Conference Commissioners. And it appears they have set aside a time, a schedule, and a structure. They're going to secede from your perfect college football union. And they're going to play it on their own for their own title, their own rules, under their own different czar. What do you do, Dan? What do you do?
0: Ty, I'm going to answer your question with another question. You watch a lot of Quibi videos. Quibi? No. Isn't that like ten bucks a of, month? <laughs> you watch a lot of Verizon Go ninety? No. Why don't you watch them? Because it costs money. It's not a good it's not a good name. It's not a good brand. True. It costs money. Not a good brand. There's a stigma even already attached to Quibi. Poured billions of dollars into it and couldn't make it work. Sound familiar, Ty? Sound mm. familiar. Okay. So what I am doing. Sometimes there is just value in recognizing reality. Sometimes there is just value in saying, this isn't working and I'm going to do something about it sooner rather than later. So I, college football czar, with all sorts of success up and down this great land, I'm going to collect every bit of intel I possibly can about the NCAA's operation. I'm going to make a list of the smartest, most forward-thinking people at the company that includes nobody in enforcement, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to offer up my services along with that inside information and hiring recommendations to the new operation. I'm going. Ty. So you're you're I, saying you want to leave and go with
1: them. I'm leaving and going with them. Well, now hold on I, here. Hold on. The wind the wind of change is upon. Here's me, the problem. Mine. The problem yeah. with that is that what you found in that manila envelope Mm-hmm. is that they've already identified some candidates to be the, their czar of college football. You know, maybe it's Don't Bud care. Elliott. Bud Elliott, I'm, I'm guessing, is top of the list. So you are now going to basically go and lick the boots of these Power Five commissioners and say, pick me, pick me, pick me? That doesn't seem to fit with your M.O.
0: No, I'm going to be sort of a czar at large. I'm going to I'm going to sort of... Ease into retirement off of all the good vibes of moving the sport to Vancouver, British Columbia, of fixing the Pac-12, of doing all sorts of things that enhance the pocketbooks and brands of the sport and the schools therein. So what I am doing is saying, I'm not going to stay aboard a sinking ship, a clearly sinking ship. Ty, if I'm making my bones in major college football, major college football is sailing away from me. Come on. Who's ever won a battle against currents? Thai, hmm. Against the tide.
1: So you're saying you know where the gravy train is, and absolutely, you're going to do whatever you can to stick with it. What about the other schools? It's just good business. What about the other schools? A, pe- a group of five.
0: What about them? Ty, you know me. You know my life. I very rarely align myself with losers. It's not going to start now. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to catch some hell for that one, man. I hate to tell you. I'm not saying. I'm not saying losers in terms of the product on the field in terms of the institutions themselves i'm just speaking about losers if we're talking bottom line tie. now i have my own plan for potentially the non-power programs to succeed but in a world in which power five programs exist it's a tough sell ty it just is are you going to any sort of rinky dink supermarket operation ty or are you going to wegman's
1: I go to whatever's closest, but Wegmans has a popular brand. You align yourself with the best. I'm telling
0: you, I know for a fact you had options out there when it came to romance. What (laughs) did you do? You went with the best, right? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You're trying to figure out something to say that doesn't get you in trouble. You went with the best. I did. You could have broadcast this show into a Blue Yeti microphone. I could. Did you? No, of course not you went with the best. You saw where the world was going and it wasn't going into
1: a blue yeti. Right? See, I I just don't think this is like a Napster situation where you know, the recording industry could have gotten behind Napster and then it was too late and then they made fools of themselves and eventually had to do it anyway. I don't I don't right. I don't see this being that kind of situation. If I think all of are, these schools are aligned tie if they're all aligned, they'll do whatever they want. They hold the leverage. Hmm. There has been on, talk Ty, this for is a just, long time. It's just business. This isn't personal. This there's just been business. talk for a long time that the Power Five should just break away. Right. Even that a smaller subset of the Power Five should break away. They mm-hmm. should play for their own deal because, let's face it, any given year, there's what? Ten teams that have a chance for the national championship? Mm-hmm. Part of the idea behind like a relegation style college football season mm-hmm. where the top teams stay and the bottom four, let's say, go down to a different division. Part of right. that idea, I think, stems from the fact that there really are only a handful of teams that have a shot each year. There's just too much politicking in this case because there's there's too many
0: conferences, there's too many commissioners, there's too many athletic directors. If they're all aligned... They already have existing TV deals. The NCAA is there to enforce rules and sort of organize things. They can come up. This isn't relegation. This isn't, you know, you you see sometimes people leave a major media organization because they think, oh, I have this audience. I can go do this out on my own for a smaller media organization and make more money. Sometimes there is some value to sticking with the platform you have that gave you all that you have. In this case, though. I don't see the NCAA as a huge value add. Not in 2020.
1: Wow. So you're just going to give up on the whole damn thing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No loyalty. No. I'm
0: loyal to success, Ty. Always have been.
1: You're loyal to the shield. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you now if we could put on our our real world hats here for a second. Okay. How, How do you feel in general about a situation where... Let's say we decide we're going to decouple schools from minor league pro football, which is basically what it is. And maybe we assume more of a model like we've got uh, abroad when it comes to soccer. They're club Right, an the academy model. Yeah, yeah. More of the academy model, sure. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel about that at, in some alternate reality here yet where you would be <sighs> in charge of that transformation? Is that something you can get behind, something you think would work?
0: I'm never in favor of turning 16 or 17-year-olds into pure professionals. I think it's interesting, but I think you still need a plan to keep them as teenagers and young men in their early 20s and, you know, have a, a school element, have that, you know, I talked about the the Pac-12 plan, have an experiential element. If you're saying you are a five-star tight end and that's all you are to us, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that for a 16 or 17-year-old. I'm not there I I understand the success and I understand the single mindedness and I understand the intellectual honesty of the academy programs for soccer the club programs but I don't know I still think you need to figure out how how to make a 17 year old the best possible 18 year old
1: right yeah I think I'm talking of it more from the standpoint of the ages don't change but instead of college football being so tightly aligned with colleges. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. You know, it's it's a little bit of an older age bracket. You're not talking about 16, 17-year-olds. But at the same time, um, it does decouple it from the academia, which I think well, has long been the weird part of college football.
0: It is definitely weird and is definitely in its own way outdated. The the thing I would say to that is I think a lot of – well, not a lot of, but a, a good percentage of the allure of the sport is – the identification that the, the tribal mentality. Sure, of, right. You went to Kansas State, so there is something connecting you to Colin Klein, even though there definitely isn't, right? You went to Minnesota, so you are connected to Lawrence Maroney. You're not, but you kind of are. You're, go- you're eating at the same food, mess halls, whatever. You're, well, I guess not anymore, but you are You're walking along the same quad. No, it's you're fair. experiencing it's the fair. same Minnesota winters. It's fair. There is, there is that element... You know, you sang the same fight song. There's, there is something emotional about college football, which I think separates it from other sports. Because if you're a Steeler fan, odds are you're either from
1: Pittsburgh or you're related to somebody
0: from Pittsburgh. And it's just, just sort of
1: happenstance. I wonder if some enterprising businessman, maybe someone such as yourself, mm. should ever decide that, you know what, we're going to start up a 10-team amateur league. The guys will get paid. They can do it right out of high school. What would that do? Would that be any kind of existential threat to college football, that model? I don't know.
0: Well, Ty, you're the dungeon master. You should have written that question out for me so I could have thought about it before we played this RPG.
1: Let's go to our next question, Dan. Okay. You're a transformational leader, let's face it. That's true. I am. But dog, you gotta you gotta keep your dog. options open. <laughs> All right. Smart business people they know when to get out as much as they know when to get in. So let's take it a different direction here. Oh. You are cashing out. You are letting Oliver Luck deal with those yahoos. Instead, you're going to get your college football fix by investing your billions in the so-called lower tier of college football. I like it. Let's do it. You know, the, the misfits, that Bob Bowlesby and those buffoons, those, those guys that they're leaving for dead... You want to build a rival football product, something that you think can go head-to-head on Saturdays and win. You don't have the star power of the elite programs or the brand recognition, but you do have football players, Mm -hmm. and you do have your just innate sense of innovation when it comes to the football product. What are you doing? How do you do it? Okay.
0: Question for your question. Are we in the universe where I have brought all of FBS football to Vancouver? Yes. Or are we, okay, we are, okay. We're living in so, that
1: galaxy, yeah.
0: We're living in that galaxy, I love it. Okay, so I am my. I budgeted 130 teams to Vancouver and support staff, essential support staff, right. trainers, coaches, Herculean effort. And of course, the literal pods filled with boosters sure. circling the field. So we're all on the same page here, we're all in British Columbia, we're all enjoying an extremely mild summer. It's fantastic
1: up there. I, can't I mean, now, to enough. be fair, I don't know if all these things happen while you're in Vancouver. <laughs> this could be after the pandemic has quelled and you can go back sure. to your campuses. Well, Maybe you decide you want to keep it in Vancouver. I don't know.
0: My specific idea requires either Vancouver or a normal universe. So if you're insisting on one of the on oh, the Vancouver thing, that's okay. okay. What I'm doing Continue. is I am starting the G5 season August 1. I am going to own The market. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, tennis, soccer. I don't think soccer uh, has started. And maybe soccer starts a week before the season, whatever. But starting August 1st, pre-Premier League, nobody cares about baseball in August, right? And largely.
1: For the most part, Um, yeah. There's like eight, eight fan bases that care.
0: Basketball in a somewhat normal year is not playing, but I understand in this scenario perhaps they're playing. But even still, there's no football period on august 1 it's nfl training camp it's teams in uh fall camp whatever i am starting the season august 1 i'm starting training camp for g5 schools even earlier so like today and they those teams so we're gonna have boise state utah state we're going to have western michigan against ohio they're gonna play in prime time every night of the week they're going to oh. play a season they're going to play a season with more bye weeks once september hits because obviously they've started august 1st they're not playing an extended season they're going to have more bye weeks better for health better for recovering from a potential infection whatever they're going to enjoy espn and fox sending their best broadcast crews to call these g5 games they're going to enjoy increased attention they're going to enjoy increased scrutiny and they're going to be the objects of takes on national platforms starved for content and discussion topics in August. It's the only football game in town. People are going to be gambling. People are going to start picking new, you know, sunbelt teams, AAC teams, and added wrinkle tie when we have... I don't know, USC playing Fresno State. When we have Florida State playing App State, whatever, those teams are a mid-season form. Right. We right. get full-on really interesting games if there's a non-conference portion of the schedule for the Power Five schools. So they get a running start.
1: Yeah. And you're catching USC when USC is still trying to figure out, you know, what's going to be their offense and defense. and what mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And we're getting more okay. attention on potential stars at these places, so their name, image, likeness possibilities,
1: their cameo rates are going up. I mean, it's going at least to fifty bucks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm I'm giving the G5 a, a preseason spotlight. You think about the the fervor around it was like a week, but the fervor around the Korean baseball league. You think about the fervor that's been around, you know, the Bundesliga before every other soccer league started. The G5 enjoys that for 28, 29 days before the Power 5 season begins. I think that's pretty good.
1: It's not bad. I'm a little disappointed, though. I'm underwhelmed by this. What? I'm underwhelmed. I thought maybe you would make wholesale rule changes. I thought maybe um, maybe you would institute some sort of policy whereby um, it's easier for players to get paid. You know, you yeah, can kind of fashion no, this. I, you can invest your your billions into whatever you want. And um, maybe you can lure the talent away from that top tier into your tier and just make the overall football product better. I, I think this is short sighted by you, Mr. To,
0: to go away from the entirety and theme of this show. I'm going away from gimmicks, Ty. I'm letting the core product sell itself. Football is great as is. And the ability to watch Eastern Washington on a Thursday night in early August, the ability to watch North Texas or Houston or uh, Notre Dame, any non-Power 5 school play with increased attention in August, is, I think it's a big win.
1: Interesting. All right. Yeah. Um, I'd be very curious to get thoughts from the community out there. We have a lot of group of five fans who listen to the show. Mm-hmm. And, and what's uh, on
0: What what are they competing against On TV in August America's Got Talent <laughs> America's Got Talent
1: Singer Whatever's on, on Netflix
0: Yeah No no Yeah, I mean specifically TV uh, Obviously we're always Going to have Netflix And Hulu And whatever YouTube to compete with Not Quibi No
1: Not Quibi not good Quibi. sir
0: <laughs> But I think in terms of Television options
1: This is a huge win Alright Final question I'm ready you have been successful yet again. You ah, smell terrific,
0: Dan. Thank you.
1: You still got that eye on political office, but you, you don't really want to put Jody with an eye or the solid baby through that pressure. Toddler. Mm hmm. So you're considering all your options here. One night at a cocktail party, you know, you run in some exclusive circles nowadays. I absolutely do. You're introduced to Bill Gates, Billy G, Billy G, Willie G. <laughs> You're on a first name mm-hmm. basis with him. He has yeah. a crazy idea. He wants to team up with you. Let me cut the music here. This is a big deal. Why? He wants to team up with you. Yeah. He wants to buy and rebuild the entire NFL. In Definitely his image. a priority. He wants to start with the toilets, which I don't you know, I don't know if you've seen the stuff on Bill Gates. He's really big <laughs> into did. toilets these
0: days. Spend forty thousand dollars on a toilet that steams your poop and creates water out of it. I He's
1: really big into toilets. He wants to use mm-hmm. stadiums or stadia as kind of his testing ground for the newest models. That might be the main reason he wants the NFL. Let's not kid ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. But he wants he wants your know-how. He wants to partner with you. He wants to figure out a way to put the fun back in the no fun league. So now you've moved up a level, so to speak, you've accomplished all you can at the collegiate level. You've teamed up with Wild Bill Gates mm-hmm. and um, you are going to be running the NFL. What's your plan here? Right. What are you doing?
0: So what is, what do you think the main complaint is? And I'm not trying to lead you anywhere, but in terms of why the NFL is no fun, what do you think the main complaint is of people who like football, but can't get into the NFL product?
1: Well, I I am probably biased as a college football fan, but there is definitely a soulless and corporate feel to it Um, as opposed to, let's say like the NBA, which I think goes to far greater lengths to highlight its top personalities and star power. The NFL tries to to be very corporate and formulaic in the way that it approaches that situation and guys aren't necessarily encouraged to uh, express themselves in the same manner.
0: There's less humanity, I would think, would be the argument. Sure. And there are, as you mentioned, there are zero Greek freaks
1: in the NFL. Correct.
0: Um, so this is what I would do. I would take charge of that toilet comment you made. No, i yeah. have I'm not doing anything <laughs> with toilets. <laughs> loves to, he loves the toilets. I get it. It's a big deal. Sure. We, we laugh, but uh, a, a well-functioning... Plumbing system is and and access to water is an enormous deal in developing it countries. Is? No,
1: I, I'm I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm just, uh, I mean,
0: you're making light. I get it. Um, all right. So what I'm doing is I am taking over in-game betting and fantasy. I'm lobbying hard for states who haven't legalized sports betting to implement it. Doing my my very best, and I'm using those proceeds with the the Bill Gates inspiration. I'm using those proceeds and putting them towards long-term player health insurance. And so it's it's more human. You're looking at your players and you're like, let's take care of them in a better, more responsible way. And I'm setting up programs in NFL cities that with, that, with all these proceeds that support essential systems. Education, drug rehab, children's nutrition, physical fitness. I, I'm using the NFL and, and I'm not I'm not necessarily broadcasting in the way that the NFL does in that sort of look-at-me way, the NFL cares way. Just do it. People will know. People will find out. There's something very showy about the NFL and the way its corporate image comes across where you're just like, "Ah, it feels like there's something kind of evil behind everything you're doing. I'm just saying do it. I'm just saying spend time in the communities, give back to the communities in a way that's actually meaningful and spend less time thanking Visa, thanking Pepsi, all those types of things. Football-wise, Ty, I'm instituting the fourth and fifteen rule. Uh, you know what this rule
1: is? I think so. Continue. Explain that. In,
0: in place of onside kicks. Yep. Yep. The team that's trailing and desperate at the end of the game gets, I, I forget, people have different ideas behind it, but you get a 4th and 15 with like 90 seconds left and a timeout from your own 20. I'm instituting that rule mm. to to give us more exciting games because even if you don't have a team, even if you're not super keen on the NFL, if somebody tells you there's a close football game, odds are it's it's scratching something that itches. So I'm going with the 4th and 15 rule to have... A crazy amount of nail biters at the end of games that will swing bets, swing marriages. No, I don't know. I'm making things spicy at the end of games as well.
1: I would like to have a viewing experience on Sundays that includes fewer commercials. Sure. What are you putting in place? I mean,
0: so we're talking about less revenue. Well, maybe, maybe.
1: Yeah. I am. If you're am going to the networks and you're
0: saying you can monetize our sport less, it's not great.
1: I am wondering if there is some way that you, as the new football mind running things here, you and Billy mm-hmm. Gates, mm-hmm, Billy G, if you can figure out a way to shift that commercial to in-game. You know, there are natural pauses in football when there's a change. But of don't possession. you think that adds to the corporate complaining? It may add to the corporate complaining, but I think if you're keeping people as part of the broadcast, mm-hmm. if they're not leaving that world to momentarily get some sort of ad from Pepsi or whomever, right? I think it. I think it feels a little bit more like a native experience. Yes. Um, the state of pro football right now is preposterous with commercials. You know, every sure. change of possession, literally mm-hmm. everything. There is a commercial that breaks up the action and, uh, the experience, the, the, the feel of watching a game just feels like it takes forever. It really does. So I would hope that there are creative ways. Maybe it's through your revenue on the gambling side. Maybe it's through Mm -hmm. some sort of Jersey sponsorships or I don't know, a virtual commercial experience as you're watching the game. I don't know how you do it, but I would love to have an experience on Sundays that did not involve as many commercials because that's really annoying to watch. Now, I know college football has its own deal with that, and you might college say well, games last even longer. College football yeah. games some of them last 5 hours, you know, like you got right. you got to do something about that too. I'd be in mm-hmm. favor of that as well. But something to maybe tidy up that experience and not make it feel quite as quite as marketer friendly would be interesting okay. to me.
0: The whole time you were talking about being bummed out about the nfl and this is how brainwashed i am all i heard was the sad nfl on fox music that they play going into commercial when somebody gets hurt it's my favorite ( errores) song (mumbles) ( collateral) i (inaudible) love that that one
1: ( prefers)
0: ( coupon)
1: yeah Yeah. oh what a banger so you're trying to give back to the community essentially you want folks to know that you do it but you don't want to be over the top with your NFL cares.
0: Well, like, you remember when the the story came out that you know the NFL would have these flyovers and the flags and the the soldiers reuniting with their families on the field before the games or between quarters, and the story came out that oh, that's actually the army paying for that. That's marketing. Oh, wow. that's recruitment. Yeah, those types of stories I'm sure rub people the wrong way who are. Supportive of the military, supportive of the NFL, you know, tapped into their own reasonable human motions. That sucks that the NFL isn't doing that out of the goodness of their heart. The NFL is doing that to capitalize on a sort of jingoistic fervor. I'm bummed by that.
1: Hmm. All right. Yeah. What are you doing with Roger Goodell,
0: by the way? I mean, he's supposedly retiring pretty soon, right? I would assume so. I Yeah, I think he, after this next TV deal, he's supposedly retiring. So I don't know. I'm putting him out to pasture. Wait, hold on. That sounds like I'm assassinating him. (laughs) I am just letting him walk away. Just letting him walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not making a big deal about what he's done for the sport.
1: Daniel. Yeah. You wake up in a cold sweat. (laughs) It's been a long flight across the Pacific. A pilot's voice is calm and reassuring, but still a little bit startling. (sighs) After your deep slumber. Mm Mm-hmm. On the other side of the plane are men who look surprisingly similar to Leonardo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. They're wearing fake mustaches and beards, but you can mm-hmm. still tell it's them. Yeah. Are you or are you not going to break up your father's company? Little Inception right. reference, Dan.
0: Oh wow! I haven't watched Inception in a long time. I was. Are you, you going to do
1: it or no? What's your What's your plan? break up my father's company yeah this Tight. whole thing was a dream we're not putting you in charge of the nfl are you kidding me i just remember the top spinning at the end the top. no one knows about the end they've asked christopher nolan about the end right that's all no I one remember. really knows, I remember no one knows what it means
0: ellen page was pretty good there were so many the the stories behind the movie i know this doesn't answer your question but there was supposedly at one point the studio was like, we need a character to explain this in the movie along <laughs> the way. I think that's why Ellen Page was in the movie. Because she was like, okay, so refresher. <laughs> <laughs> and it still didn't help a ton. So obviously all these years later, I do not get your reference. I the, whole
1: thing, the whole thing's a dream, Dan. The whole now, I know the whole a thing's dream. a dream, but then it's a dream within a dream. I know. It was weird. The first time I watched that movie... I had a few drinks in me. It was one of my first dates, I believe, with Solid Wife Kate. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you positive it was with her?
0: Okay, good.
1: Yeah. And And okay. um, we came out of the movie we're like, nah. <laughs> we, <laughs> nope. Nah. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Um, have you seen the trailer for Tenet? I think you sent this to me, dude. No, no, no. That was that was Money Plane that you sent me. Money plane, that's different. I think
0: we might dedicate an episode to that. That might be a whole um, series, yeah. Tenet is the new Christopher Nolan with uh it's Denzel Washington's kid who was on Ballers. Is it Malcolm David Washington? He was in Black Klansman. Uh it's him, it's the Robert Pattinson from the vampire movie Twilight. Yep. And it's a you haven't seen the trailer for this?
1: I think I read about, it. I don't know if I've seen the trailer.
0: It's about like recursion reversion, I forget what the term is, where he can turn time backwards.
1: Oh, not a time travel movie. That's not what it's this not is, is it is. It's not time travel.
0: It's it's sort of instant. Uh, so, if he gets shot, he can make the bullet rewind out of him, sort of thing. He can play he can bend time a little
1: bit. Oh boy. Okay. So, I mean, I'm in. I'll looks, watch it. But I don't, it looks
0: really good. It really, re- when's they it coming keep postponing out? Postponing it. I don't know. They keep postponing it. Hmm.
1: If they do a home release of a really good movie, I am so down with that.
0: Then they do that with Trolls World Tour. <laughs> Trolls Two World <laughs> Tour. Um, I. I. It looks amazing.
1: All right. Well, that was a weird way to close it out. But so was Inception.
0: Can I tie everything back together? Please subscribe on YouTube. Okay. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Smash follow the us like on Twitter. button. Sorry
1: smash the like
0: button, slap, slap, subscribe, not butts and uh, follow the subreddit, join the subreddit. That'd be great. Solidverbal.reddit.com. And I suppose we should mention that this episode was sponsored by the Vancouver tourist bureau. (laughs) (laughs) Branded content. No, visit Vancouver if, and when it's safe. It's a delightful, delightful city.
1: All right. Don't forget to leave a five-star review if you like the show. Going out to Apple. That'd be great, too. Five-star reviews. They help. Trust me. We're all kind of in this long, cold winter of an off-season and hoping to get college football back. We're going to keep pumping out the content, but those reviews help. They really do. We'd love to get more of them.
0: Send it to your friends. Send Put it, to it friends. online. Do what you got to do.
1: Daniel, I want to thank you for playing along with my weird little game. I think we covered a lot of ground here. <sighs>
0: i think so. honestly
1: you may have earned yourself some coin yes there may be some folks out there listening network types c-suite level types <laughs> saying you know what this this guy's got some he's got he's got some some innovation in him like you wouldn't watch a game from a literal glass pod atop a cherry maker. i'm in come on let's do it of course gmail.com. send your offers his way all right Thank you very much. In the meantime, for that guy over there, my good friend Dan Rubenstein in sunny Southern California, for myself, Ty Hildenbrand over here on the East Coast, thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you in a few days. In the meantime, stay soft. Peace.